0: Let's get to it. After reading an interview with Rosie Roca, the chief customer officer at Hopin, I immediately knew that I wanted her as a guest on the Revenue Engine podcast. Rosie joined Hopin during a period of explosive growth when the pandemic hit and meetings, events, networking, and pretty much all social moved online and virtual. But aside from being a leader at a high growth company, Rosie has an amazing backstory from her time working with the New England Patriots, her time at both Harvard and at Stanford, and her time at a startup, which led to an incredible career at Salesforce from a customer success manager to the senior VP of customer experience. Rosie shares some of the traits that helped her to help her customers to be more successful. She mentions running toward the challenges, focusing on the customer challenges and the customer experience, and always finding the shiny and bright, that thing that's really important to keep you motivated and stay engaged. She also talks about prioritizing your customers and helping them be successful. So take a listen to this episode with Rosie Roca. You won't be disappointed and you will learn so much from this customer success powerhouse. Absolutely thrilled to be here today with Rosie Roca, the Chief Customer Officer at Hopin. Hopin is the virtual venue for live online events with the objective of giving organizations the ability to recreate the in-person event experience virtually and all in one place. With the challenges of 2020, Hopin has experienced explosive growth with meetings, events, networking, and pretty much all social moving online and virtual. So welcome, Rosie, and thank you so much for joining me. So excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. So, you know, as I've shared with you before, when, you know, I, I was thinking about the Revenue Engine podcast, I really wanted to not only feature leaders who have have experience in driving revenue and driving revenue growth, but leaders who are making a difference elsewhere, right? And they have an interesting story to share that can help others. So I'm super, super excited to share your story and just learn more about your journey.
1: Oh, I'm um, very grateful for the opportunity and uh, excited to learn more about you also as we go through this conversation.
0: Thank you so much. So let's start out. I mean, you've had just an incredible career, right? That led you to joining Hopin in 2020. So before we talk about some of your journey and customer success, I'd love to hear more about how it sort of all started with your first job. And what I heard was it was in marketing research. So maybe -hmm. can you take us back to that conference that you attended about sports and how it led to your first role? Yeah, absolutely. And I'll say
1: it all comes down to... a a dream I think in many ways that my family had for me when I was very young. Um, My grandparents and my parents really thought that I would make a a good attorney or good lawyer. I don't know why, I must have been an argumentative (laughs) child. Um, And you know with that idea I went to college and and tried to prepare for what that journey would look like eventually. And very quickly, well maybe not so quickly, but my, my senior year in college I had this realization that law school was probably not going to be a good fit for me. And I'm very grateful for that for that moment because it came certainly before going through the process of applying to law school. But what that meant is that I had to now, in, in this final moment of my university career, figure out my next steps uh, and really rethink what my professional journey was going to look like. And the best way for me to think through that was to attend events that were happening I'm at university at the time. And so I, I found a bunch of conferences that I could go to, to go deeper into areas of interest that I had, and one of them was sports and entertainment. Uh, and that's where I met the Jessica Gelman, who was uh, a director of operations at the time for Gillette Stadium. And the New England Patriots, and found her. Found she. She basically did something like this. She shared her career. Um, she shared some of the interesting projects that she was working on, and really captured my my interest. And got very lucky because we ended up sitting right next to each other uh, for lunch and struck <laughs> up a conversation. And you know, I recall that as being one of those big inflection moments in my life, uh, where I found this kindred spirit in many ways um, with a, a lot of excitement and energy about doing something super interesting. And um, she was really thinking about how to drive new ideas and new projects for the organization. Um, And one of the key inputs into that was the customer experience and what our customers uh, at the time, you know, whether they're season ticket holders or um, event customers, thought about that experience and and, and really finding opportunities to improve on it. And so that's how I landed in market research. Um, and you know, we were part of the broader marketing organization for the Craft Sports Group, which is the owning entity of the New England Patriots and Gillette Stadium. Um, and I stayed there for four years and every project, every conversation was something new and interesting. And I'm super grateful because in many ways, it was the start of my customer success journey um, and and really is the place where I, I developed a deep appreciation for going back to the user, going back to the customer to understand the, the impact of the business um and that it's having on their lives and how we can make that better and and that's been the silver thread i think throughout my entire career
0: wow that's amazing so you spent four years there um and then so you sort of you mentioned that it's sort of that's kind of how you're pivoted into sort of this customer success and really mm-hmm. started your journey and i know that you um you know, at Salesforce, right, you really rose through the ranks, right? I know you started as a customer success manager, then a senior manager, director, senior director, kind of climbing all the way up to like a senior VP um, role of customer experience, right, during your tenure there. So can you talk a little bit about sort of how you ended up sort of going from, you know, New England Patriots to Salesforce (laughs) and sort of that rise um, through Salesforce? Absolutely. I
1: I mean, I'll tell you that it was inspired by a different a different threat, which uh, while we were um, at, the, at the New England Patriots and part of this team that was thinking differently, one of our key proposals uh, was around technology and how do we leverage technology to make that experience more cohesive and to better understand our customers. And so the, the really the transition between sports and SaaS was that, was that thought of what, you know, what are the things that technology can do f- to help us all improve, um, how we are creating connections and, and really investing in our community. And so, um, I actually left the features to go, uh, to business school and mm. it was in business school that, um, I started learning a little bit more about Silicon Valley and, uh, what it meant to go to a technology company. And, um, given my background in market research and lack of fear, generally speaking about dialing up anyone to ask any questions. (laughs) um, You know, I walked around with this idea for a while that I, that I wanted to be in sales um, and try to be at that moment of connection between the product and value that uh, happens in that conversation. Um, And, uh, you know, met several leaders uh, as I was looking for my next opportunity and through those conversations really came to understand the, the world of customer success and how do you move beyond that one moment that I was thinking of as being really pivotal of the sales process and really deliver on the ROI, the ROI excuse me, and the value of that technology. And so um, had a great mentor advise me to really consider customer success because of um, all the different elements that he shares with this concept of market research of going back to your users and really understanding them and driving those initiatives to make their experience better. Um, And that's how I really started my journey. You know, at Salesforce, I had an incredible opportunity to learn from world-class leaders that really prioritized customer success and what it meant. And ultimately, they were the ones that invented that term and really invested in it and set a standard for the whole SaaS industry on how to think about that customer relationship. And so I was very lucky that I, I was presented with opportunities and projects that helped to advance what customer success meant, uh, both for the product and company that I came from as part of the acquisition, but for other products that shared similar characteristics and users um, that where we were trying to think differently about how to go to market. Um, and so, yeah, it was an incredible journey and, and very, very much informative of how I think about the world today and how I think about technology and how I think about bringing the human the human interaction back into a lot of the relationships that we have with vendors and, and customers on both sides of the house.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a very natural fit for you, sort of in your interest and in what you're really, you know, where you're really passionate about. So it seems like it was just sort of a very natural play to kind of fall into this customer success area. Um, what are some of the, you know, if you look back at sort of that climb, like what are some of the characteristics or sort of traits that you think have really helped you be successful in this in this space?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say customer success is one of the most rewarding and also challenging roles um, out there. And, and um, the reason for that is because you almost sit at the center of all the different interactions and touch points that that customer has with your company or with the tool, with the technologies that you're offering. And so, you almost have to be a master of all traits and, and mm-hmm. really um, keep track of all the different conversations that are happening. And so, I think for me, within that context, one of the key things that that experience prepped me for was, or prepared me for, was this affinity to gravitate towards challenging problems. Again, that lack mm-hmm. of fear of really helping um, any customer and addressing any problem. So, I would say, from a criteria six perspective, um, my recommendation or the things that I think have made me successful and I've seen in other leaders have been running toward the challenges mm-hmm. and really finding hard problems that can help you to make a better connection between what your the products and the tools that you're offering and the value that you're bringing to your customers. And so how do, mm-hmm. how do you make that um, even more cohesive? The second one would be focusing on the customer challenges and the customer experience at all times. At the end of the day, we are all here because we're creating incredible experiences or incredible new products for those customers. So they're, mm-hmm. um, you know, that old adage is absolutely true: the customer is king or queen. Um, and so we want to make sure <laughs> that they're at the center of everything that we do. Um, finding that shiny and bright is really important. I think as you go through challenges and support so many different customers, as they're themselves. Um, trying to drive change to get to a new level of execution with new OKRs and and, and ROI, which ultimately is what brings them to to purchase yeah. a tool and to partner with you, that can be a challenge, as I mentioned earlier. So I think finding that shiny and bright uh, throughout a, that entire journey and keeping yourself motivated and positive and keeping them engaged is an important mm. part um, of that process. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, customer success. Uh, just like I think many roles that we see um, in our industry are, it's it are part of a broader village, um, and yes. that capability and that impetus to ask for help and to partner cross-functionally to solve um, to a prioritize customers, but also to solve problems on their behalf and with them um, mm-hmm. is a really important trait as well.
0: I love that. I love that running towards the challenge (laughs) and not being afraid, right? Just kind of being fearless. I love that. Um, You know, as you mentioned, sort of, you know, customers, right? they, They are becoming smarter. They have more expectations. You know, even us as consumers, right? We expect a certain level of service and response rate and sort of that frictionless process, right? Customers no longer want a vendor, right? They really are looking for thought leadership. They're looking for a true partnership. And as you mentioned, really value, right? They're looking for that value value driven relationship where they're partnering with you to help them be successful. Mm -hmm. So what is sort of your philosophy when it comes to customer success? I think you touched on it already a little bit, um, but how has that sort of helped, you know, drive revenue growth from your perspective? We're all in customer success at the end of the day. Um, As I mentioned earlier, you know, we, we've
1: created products, companies, technologies, movements really that, that are there to serve a specific user um, to, either resolve an existing pain point or to accelerate beyond where they're currently sitting from a goals perspective or a benefits perspective. So Mm -hmm. at the the purest of, uh, you know, in in the most simple of terms, I would say we're all in customer success. That's great. I love that. Um, And that, and that really starts with the entire customer journey, if you think about marketing, you know, we build marketing websites to help customers identify and find solutions for those pain points. We build great sales, support, success, solutions engineering teams, revenue operations teams to ensure that we're supporting customers to uh, be able to easily uh, work with us so that they can address those pain points and get value. Um, and so I've seen it time and again in sports and software and events At the end of the day, happy customers engage with your your team, engage with your product, engage with other prospects and customers and become Mm. part of your community, truly. Um, So they will only continue to expand their own use cases and also be your best marketers if they're able to realize that value that comes from the understanding that ultimately they are the focus of everything that you are doing. And so it's truly at the core of a strong business to think about customer success as being the number one objective that we're all solving for. Um, and I, I think by championing customers and really putting them at the center of everything that you do, you're able to more quickly realize um, you know, that product market fit and that, that, that revenue generation that I think we're all, <laughs> we're all really excited about. Um, but it really comes down to those customers.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so one of the things, um, you know, I think with last year, you know, obviously there's been a huge focus on retention, right, in the SaaS business. And I think, you know, you talked about a lot about the things that, you know, we should be doing um, around customer success and some of the things that people are obviously doing right. Are, what are some of the things that you think people are do wrong when it comes to customer success and driving that value?
1: Yeah, I, I think from from my perspective, not putting that customer front row and center is, is obviously I mean I, I would go back to my to my prior answer ultimately it's about putting that customer at the center of everything that we're doing and so mm-hmm. using that as a filtering mechanism to ensure that we're focusing on the right things is 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 a key priority when you do that and so when when other factors um, get prioritized above that that's a bit of a challenge uh, I think the the other thing that I would say is especially as you're scaling a company you um, you know, sometimes we, be, because customer success is also the name of a function, um, yeah. we forget that we're all in customer success together. And so um, I've, I've observed in, in other companies this, this idea that only customer success is responsible for mm. making customers happy or driving retention um, or, you know, driving that advocacy. And at the end of the day, similar to us all being customer success, Ultimately, the objective of customer success is to make customers successful, um, literally is in the name, retain (laughs) them, help them to grow and help them to achieve those core objectives that they had when they first looked at your technology for a pain point or whatever the case may be. That also spells out that we're all in retention at the end of the day. And so I think starting with the idea that every interaction that you have from a prospect through renewal is an, is an investment in retaining that customer and in making them successful and having them realize value um, is really critical. And when you and when you don't start with that idea and kind of think more functionally aligned, you um, kind of lose um, the potential of really making that relationship incredibly valuable and incredibly meaningful for that customer. Um, and so, I would say that my advice would be to think about customer success as the a core value that you're providing across the entire company. And, and very tied with that is this idea of retention. And if everyone is in customer success and focus on retaining those customers, you win. Yeah.
0: Oh, I love that, I love that. Everybody's in customer success, it really is true. And everybody should be thinking about retention and driving value and put the customer really in the center. Um, so, Rosie, let's shift gears a little bit, right? As a as a woman of color, myself, and technology, I'm always interested in sharing success stories of other women leaders, right? I told you how excited I was to speak with you and kind of share your story because your story of growing up in Havana, Cuba, and then mm-hmm. moving here to the United States when you were, I believe, 12 years old is one that I was hoping you'd be open to sharing.
1: Yeah, happy to share it. I'm, I'm super proud of my heritage, um, and in many ways, oh, everything that I've been able to accomplish to my family and the sacrifices that they have made for me and for my brother and and the rest of our family. I, as you mentioned, I was born in Havana in Cuba. My parents uh, really valued family and hard work and education. And I think those are key themes that were absolutely passed on to my brother and I. Um, Interestingly, both, uh, both of my parents had roots in farming. Um, as well as small businesses. and so this this concept of um, really owning your own success and and making sure that you're working as hard as you can to achieve that has been uh, in our genetic framework uh, from the very <laughs> beginning. I mean, I, my, well, my my maternal grandmother is still lives on the family's farm today and uh, in Cuba, and and my parents and our entire family are in touch frequently. Um, I think for us, the story really changed in, in the early 90s when my father, and kind of having observed conditions in the country, decided to uh, do take a big risk on behalf of our family and mig- em- emigrate effectively to the United States. Um, and that presented us with a situation where... Once he was able to achieve that, we didn't really see him for about six years. So in many ways, uh, my brother and I were raised by my mom as a a single parent, fully financially supported by my father, who was here in the U.S. um, working two to three jobs to ensure that we were happy and well taken care of in Havana. And so while I had a very happy childhood, Um, and got to invest in a lot of activities that I was interested in, including, of course, being an athlete (laughs) Um, and dancer. Um, You know, it was it was really up to my parents to manage a very difficult situation for anyone, but especially when you're doing it across uh, countries that certainly didn't see eye to eye then and and still a bit of a challenge today. Um, But, you know, I, I think that set the bar for the types of investments uh, and the type of focus that we, my brother and I, really brought to our education and to the opportunities that we were given once we were able to move to the U.S. to follow my father. Um, that happened about six years later. It was December 24th. Um, it was my first Christmas. It was, you know, was, so many things happened at once. Um but I think that has remained with us is this whole concept of, of really investing in our family, really investing in hard work, and really investing in our education, so that we can take advantage of uh, what was a, a really big sacrifice for our entire family, um, and, and make sure that we're we're paying that forward. Um, so you know that that that's really what my heritage um, is to me today. And you know, I, I would say the the, uh, the additional thing that. Has been really impactful in my life and in, in my career, and something that I'm privileged to to work on today is this whole sense of building communities and um, mm-hmm. and really helping across the board. We would have never been able um, to be successful through that move um, and through that you know family transition without the support of our community and our family. Um, and now in the U.S. in many ways, we have chosen families uh, mm-hmm. where we live um, and. Uh, you know, at Hopin, one of the key opportunities that I'm grateful for is the ability to to build that uh, for others um, in, a, in a different format. And so, it's it's really interesting. I, I look at my career, and, and so much of it under is, is underlined uh, by these values and and a lot of what we learned as as children. Um, and you know, I'm super lucky uh, in many ways to be where I am and to have uh, to have parents that we're willing to do anything to make sure that we were successful. And so here we are.
0: That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's just an amazing story and really uh, talks to sort of how your values and how you got to come where you are, right. And how, what's really driven your success. Um, and family is just so important. Um, you know, I want to, you know, aside from sort of your successful career, you mentioned education. You're obviously a graduate of Harvard and you earned your MBA from Stanford. So mm-hmm. what advice, I guess, do you have for other women, especially minority women who are, you know, really looking to elevate themselves, you know, either from an educational perspective or from a professional perspective?
1: You know, I, I think from my perspective, um, impossible is nothing. Uh, I would have never predicted that I would have been able to go uh, to either Harvard or Stanford and take advantage of those programs, but I was again super grateful and lucky to have uh, teachers early in my high school career that believed in me and invested in me and pushed me to try, no matter what, um, and to not make assumptions based on my background or you know the the things that the messages that I think we get from from society. I think at the end of the day, there are so many incredible individuals out there that have wonderful stories uh that have made them who they are um and bringing those stories and and those experiences to institutions like harvard and stanford is a high value Mm -hmm.
0: Uh,
1: it's 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 incredibly valuable to everyone that's also involved there um, because it increases our diversity of thought it increases our um our empathy towards others and it really highlights the wide spectrum of a human experience that is so important for all of us to keep top of mind especially at this time where uh you know because of a pandemic we are not interacting directly with each other and kind of are, are really transitioning how we all socialize um over the last several months so my my advice would be try try again um and really put yourself out there, because um, you might find that uh, you're exactly the fit and, and you're exactly that uh, person that's going to make the experience for others that much more valuable.
0: That's great. I love that. Thank you. Um, So let's talk a little bit about your current role at Hopin. Sure. You joined Hopin when it was exploding, right? In terms of growth last year, with everyone shifting to remote and virtual, a platform like Hopin is really a must have, right? For organizations for both internal, but also external events. Um, From a revenue, I guess, acceleration perspective, what are some of the things you think Hopin has done really well? And what are some of the biggest challenges that you see?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll go back to championing customers. Um, I think yeah. in many ways, we have been able to grow this uh, this fast because we've had uh, the benefit and the privilege of working with incredible organizations um, who have partnered with us from the beginning mm-hmm. on how to improve our product and experience and and really, uh, truly coming to the table as trusted advisors on both sides of the house. Um so, you know, and, and and championing our customers will be able to focus on their needs um, and really build the experiences to make them successful. I think in addition to that, one of the key things that I think Hopin has done incredibly well, and I'm super grateful to be learning through this journey too, is investing in an incredible team from um, that is actually that actually is remote first. Um, this mm-hmm. actually, this is something that our CEO, Johnny, um, started I mean, it's, it's his philosophy of really going after the best talent that we can find um, and bringing them together in a setting where everyone is equally participating um, in our conversations. And, you know, we've gone from uh, eight employees, I believe, early last year f- and in February of 2020 to f- over 550.
0: Oh, my goodness. <laughs>
1: um, in, in 42 countries. And so it's yeah. it's been an incredible journey to, to see that and to see that entire community really coming together. Um, and so I think those two vectors have been important. Um, and what has resulted is an incredible culture um, mm. that is truly dra- values driven. Um, around prioritizing impact and no ego and staying one step ahead and leading with empathy and again, championing customers. Um, And I'll say that that's actually uh, our biggest opportunity is how do we continue to um, accelerate our growth, support our customers, build an incredible company remote first um, Mm -hmm. while not sacrificing one iota of what makes our culture so powerful. Um, And I think that's for us as an executive team and for our entire company, that's a big investment. And I, I think a, a big question and a, and, and a conversation that we all have to ensure that it's top of mind and that we continue to invest in it as we grow.
0: Well, that is incredible growth, incredible growth in terms of the company size. When you look back at your career to date, right, you've done so many different things um, and really had just an incredible journey. So when you look back, are there are there things that maybe you wish you knew earlier or is there anything that you might do differently if you could do it all over again? no um, and I say <laughs> that knowing that
1: you know there's been great happy moments and there's also been there have also been moments where I needed help and I needed um, a coach or mentor a friend uh, to help me try to solve a problem or see the other side of a challenge um, but I think each of those moments is what has made this uh, career and this journey that uh, once that I'm I don't know how else to describe it. I, I've been very privileged to be on um, a really powerful one. Um, I would say the thing that uh, the thing that I would recommend, though, uh, for others, which is something that I've learned um, over over the last several years, and again would not change, um, but have now come to value a lot more, is mm-hmm. is the idea of building community with other leaders mm-hmm. that can help you. Um, understand the broader context of what you may be observing in your business or in your community um, and leveraging them as, as thought partners. Um, And that to me is, is, is actually one of the reasons that I enjoy my experience at Hopin have enjoyed my experience at Salesforce and Relate IQ and the Patriots so significantly because I, I built incredible was built incredible relationships with them with my managers but more importantly with other leaders in the company um, and that helped me to understand how they thought about it what were, what was the vision how I as an individual contributor could help to drive those goals even further and what opportunities I might think about um, to again define that journey for myself uh, should the timing and this you know the business need present itself um, And so that's something that I actually see as it happened organically in many ways, um, but it 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 would be an incredible opportunity for, uh, for folks out there to, to go and build. Um, yeah. And it just sets the stage for so many interesting discussions and opportunities to learn. Um, and so I would highly recommend uh, to think about that.
0: Yep. Yep. That's fair. That's very, very good advice. I think that too often we think we have to accomplish everything on our own, that we have to think of all the good ideas and build everything on our own versus bouncing ideas off of other people, right? Other people, your peers, people who have done it before, people who are learning with you because there's always there's always best practices to share and there's always better ways of doing things and things that you just can't think about by yourself. So I love that. That's such great advice. Um, so thank you so much, Rosie, for joining me. But of as we you. wrap up and before I let you go, I always ask <laughs> all my guests two things. One, like what is the one thing about Rosie that others would be surprised to learn? And two, what is the one thing that you really want everyone to know about you? And it could be some of those things you shared already because you're super passionate and you've been such a, you know, it's just so transparent and authentic. Um, So it may be one, something that you've already shared, but what is that sort of the one thing that other people would be surprised about? And one thing that you really want everyone to know? Yeah, I I would say the one thing that may be surprising is I would have loved to uh,
1: build a career as a dancer professionally. Oh. Uh, when I was little, I um, I danced ballet uh, oh. very young and absolutely loved it. Um, and then, you know, started really investing in my education over time and moved away from that. But you know, as much as I am passionate about uh, technology and a lot of the things that we're doing to ultimately change the world um i would i I get lost sometimes in dancing and i still um have a a deep passion for it uh so that's something because you know otherwise like my career looks um (laughs) quite different from that um what is one thing that i um that i want everyone to know about me is your second question i you know i actually in many ways, i'm I'm very, very grateful for forums like this and the community within customer success that is so passionate about helping each other. Um, mm-hmm. You know and i uh, I'm always looking for new ways to connect with folks and 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 new opportunities. And um, I try to make sure that I'm having discussions with someone that I don't know um, or someone um, that I haven't met with or interacted with in the past frequently, because I think you can learn something from everyone that you cross paths with, um, whether it's a customer or a teammate or a partner or a vendor. And so I'm always open to the conversation as a result of that. And I think that you can learn something new uh, every day. And so as a result of that, I I put myself in, in, in a position where um, I can build that in. Um, so for example, this conversation is one of those. Um, and I'm, I'm so grateful again for you hosting me <laughs> here. Um, but highly recommend that as well to, um, you know, to the community that's listening to this podcast and, and folks that really want to explore and, and think about new ways of thinking, new ways of doing, new ways of building our society and our communities Go try to interact with someone new and 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 try to understand where they're coming from, learn from them. Um, I think you'll find that um, there's gold, gold nuggets in every conversation <laughs> that you can bring into your life. Um, and so it's something that I'm, you know, that's something that I'm uh, really passionate about.
0: Yeah. I love that. And I 100% agree. I think early last year, I did the same sort of like, I really wanted to get out there and just share my experience and my knowledge, but also learn from others. So I really put myself out there and talk to people that, you know, may, I may have been uncomfortable talking to in the past, kind of just reaching out and say, Hey, do you want to have a conversation? But it has brought, it's brought me so much value and just so much impact on the learnings and just that community and that feel for, you know, really learning from others and building that network and that community. I love yeah, that. It's incredibly
1: powerful. Um, just a conversation can change, you know, the yes. course of an idea, which is it's ultimately, uh, it, I mean, it's incredibly inspiring. That's all I have to say.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Rosie, for, for joining me. I've completely, truly enjoyed me- meeting you and speaking with you. And I really appreciate you sharing your story. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for pulling this together. And I'm
1: excited to uh, take this conversation with me um, and learn from it today as well. Thank
0: you.